Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Nice to see your face. I know, it's always so nice. Hello everybody, I hope you're having a great week. Yes. If not, let's manifest that right now. This weekend's gonna be fire. This weekend's gonna be so good. I love that. We're heading into our our fourth season of our podcast. That's pretty incredible. We did it. Yeah. We are, I mean, what's cool today also is we're talking to a really major female mom entrepreneur. Is that how you say it? Mompreneur. Mompreneur. Something like that. I don't know. We're talking to uh, Lindsay Pinchuk today, and she also has her own podcast. She is an award-winning entrepreneur who started and sold a seven-figure business simply out of being a mom. You guys, she had $500 in her pocket and was pregnant and uh, started this really cool business. And I think that's really cool because, Jade, we've been start. We had this little idea for our podcast, gosh, years ago, and here we are. When we first started... Were you pregnant? Maybe you were right to pop. That's how long it's been. I will never forget though, Jade, when we were recording, I was like peeing more than you and you were like, and you were pregnant. And then you were like, maybe you're pregnant. And I was like, I'm not pregnant. I'm, there's no way I'm pregnant. And then I was pregnant. <laughs> like you like knew. Uh. <laughs> well, do you have any good or bad mom? We haven't done that in a while. Good or, good or bad mom stories for us uh, this week? I do have one. Um... And I don't, I don't know, like in the moment, it felt very like, it felt very intense for me, but I've been working so much and my days just blur together. I literally didn't know today was Tuesday. I was thinking today was Thursday. Um, I just like don't know anything anymore that in regards to like real life, um, cause I've been spending so much time on my phone working and it was Valentine's day just, you know, a while ago and Emmy goes to preschool and they were all supposed to bring Valentine's day cards to school. And I put it off and put it off and put it off. And so um, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And mm. I was like, man, I better like get out there and like go like get her some cards and wanted to go because it was an opportunity to go to Target. What little kid is going to pass up an opportunity to, to Target? A 20 right. minute trip turns into an hour and a half. Literally yes. nothing. I'm talking the aisles completely completely cleared out no candy no cards no decorations no little like one dollar toys to give out like nothing like gone and I was like oh my god I was like there's no like those little you know those cute little valentine day cards I was like what am I gonna do like I cannot let Emmy be the only kid who goes to school with doesn't hand out a valentine so she would have stood up and had nothing to give and I was like I am letting my child down this is her first valentine's day at school And I'm like that mom. And I felt so bad. And we went to four stores, four stores at like six o'clock, seven o'clock. I don't know. Oh my gosh. And nothing, like nothing. And so finally, yeah, everything sold sold out. It's just because of the uh, supply chain. Finally, I found a CVS that had they were just full size cards. So then I look like the mom who's trying too much. Here's like your full size card. And they're these full- that is so funny. I know. They're these full-size cards that had a little pug on it, and it was holding a rose in its mouth, and it said, like, you're so special that I'd give you a pug and a, and a hug or something, and a pug and a hug for Valentine's Day or something like that. It was cute, but I have just felt like I, I literally didn't think I was going to find these Valentines, and it was just making me feel like Emmy was getting really stressed out because um, she was with me and she was starting to get upset and she was starting to kind of cry, and I was like, I am not, I'm like that yeah. mom. I'm letting my kid down, but the lady at... 
the CVS who checked us out, she was like, yeah, she's like, we honestly just didn't get very much, very much stock at all this year. And as I was, that's um, crazy. Yeah. And as I was checking out, she was like ringing us up. She got a phone call um, to the store and she answered it. And it was another mom asking for Valentine's Day cards if they had any. Stop. And she goes, nope, sorry. We're, you know, we've been out of Valentine's Day cards for weeks and all this stuff. And I was like, I was like, well, as crappy as I feel, like at least like I wasn't the only person in this pickle. The only one. (laughs) I went in a Target to get some Valentine stuff and I called my mom and I was like, Target has nothing. Like what? Like Target used to be, even like with, like with everything, Target's like the place you go for the things. Oh yeah. Like Halloween, you go to Target. Like Easter, you go to Target. No. And I even went like for candy, like I went in the candy aisle because I was like, where's the candy? Where's the Valentine's candy? Like what? What? Where is it? (laughs) When we come back, we can talk to Lindsay Pinchuk and we will ask her all of the questions about how to start and run a successful business. All right, we are back with Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to have you. We have so many moms out there that um, we have this podcast group on Facebook. They're always talking about what do we do? Like if we want to start our own business, if we have this like great idea, like how do we expand on that? Where do we start? I mean, you are like the biggest success story in this. Oh, thank um, you. How did, so much. How did it? How did this all happen for you? How did you skyrocket as uh, the biggest like mom entrepreneur out there? So you know, it's funny because when you think about it and you think about businesses now, I started my company. I started Bump Club and Beyond in a much different world than we live in now. When I started Bump Club, I was newly pregnant. I wanted support community and there was no Facebook. I mean, there, I mean, there was Facebook, but there were no Facebook business pages. So think about that. Mm-hmm. There were no, I'm really dating myself. Yeah. There was no Instagram, Long time ago. <laughs> no Snapchat, no TikTok, like none of that existed. So, you know, I, I honest to God, I said, okay, I need to have support when I'm pregnant. And I sent an email to everyone I knew. And I said, I'm going to be hosting an event. If you know someone who's expecting, please pass this on to them. And we had 50 people show up to this shopping wow. event. Actually, no, it was a workout. That's Sorry, amazing. it was a prenatal workout. And then we had a shopping event. And then amazing. we started doing like educational events on lactation and sleep and childcare and all of the things that you need when you're pregnant. And obviously from there, we, you know, we grew and I grew alongside social media. And I very much had to adapt and had to change as the world around me was changing. And also as moms yeah. were changing because the the mom that needed Bump Club when I was a first-time new mom is not was not the mom that needed Bump Club when I exited Bump Club in July of 2021. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really and truly, it was word of mouth, me showing up as myself every single day at our events online, eventually on social media, really sharing. I shared my birth story probably before people shared birth stories. Like the the bad and the ugly, you know? So, you know, I mean, I like I I would walk down the streets of Chicago and people would be like, oh, my God, your gestational diabetes, you know, and they would like ask me these very personal things. But I was very forthcoming. And honest to God, that is what really set the foundation for Bump Club. My background is in advertising and marketing. 
So from there, really and truly, like I started reaching out to companies, to brands. They started reaching out to me. I had something they really wanted, and that was a group of expectant moms. And you really only have a minute to capture expectant moms. And um, we started hosting events in other cities. We started hosting events with Target, with Nordstrom, with The Honest Company. I mean, we were creating activations, which was amazing, but they wanted our audience. And by the time I left, so I sold Bump Club in January of 2019, and I worked for the new company for two years. And by the time I left, I mean, Mm -hmm. we were reaching three, four million users a month. Um, When I sold it, we were seven figures year over year, and we were reaching about two to three million per month through all of our platforms, events, Facebook, Instagram, email, everything. Um, And really, that's how I got started. Did you find that it was easier or more difficult to promote something that was your own as opposed to promoting something that was someone else's when you were in advertising or marketing? Did you feel differently about that? Because sometimes like if I'm promoting something myself, my fear, you know, gets in the way and I'm like, oh gosh, don't do it. But if someone else needs me to promote something, I have no problem doing it. You know, I honestly stood by every single thing, event, anything we did was something that I needed as a parent, something I knew Mm -hmm. I needed when I was an expectant mom. Um, we had a big disclaimer that we did not take money from products or brands that we didn't believe in. Even after we were sold, it kind of became a like a little bit of a contention point sometimes because the new company obviously just wanted to make the most money. And right. I would say, no, I'm sorry. Like, we can't put that product in the gift bags. It's a cleaning solution. And if it spills and contaminates things, that's a big problem for our audience. And so, you know, yeah. I just, I would not just take money to take money. Nowadays, like motherhood and entrepreneurship kind of, you know, we're kind of in a place, I think, like socially and te- technologically where um, that can kind of exist, where there's like even the term mom, mompreneur. And I feel like it kind of has taken us a while to get there. But do you think there's more social acceptance of that, I guess, um, from your standpoint of like moms can be moms and also entrepreneurs. And how do you, how do you balance all that? So I don't, I don't believe in balance, (laughs) like really and truly. (laughs) I've never believed in balance. Um, I've always worked, you know, and I always knew that I would work. And this was not really a planned thing. When I started my company, um, I was working full time. I was working at the Hearst Corporation. I worked at Good Housekeeping Magazine and I loved my job. And I always knew that I was going to work. It wasn't a question. I really loved what I did. And then when I started to do Bump Club and it started taking off, I was like, oh my God, like I can actually have a job where I can be a mom and be around for my kids and make my own hours. And it, it really opened my eyes. And I did love my job. I loved, I even loved the travel. I loved the travel. Um, and ironically, I ended up traveling way more with Bump Club eventually than I did at Hearst. I mean, I, I was traveling two, three times a month, um, sometimes with Bump Club to events. But in terms of acceptance, I think, you know, it really showed me that you can have it all. Um, you can't have it all at the same time. But you can have it all. And I think that it's about setting boundaries. I think that it's about saying no. Um, you know, I, I got really good at saying no. I, you know, I think a lot of times we are people pleasers and just as women and especially female entrepreneurs, we're, we're all type A. We really, you know, want to control things. And you want to please people and say yes to everything. You can't. And you really have to figure out what is 
the best and what your priorities are. My girls are now eight and 11. And so they really only knew me working at Bump Club until last year. It was like a really big thing when I left because they were like, what do you, what do you mean? Like they, they didn't, they couldn't comprehend me doing anything else. But me working was always not just for me. It was also showing them that they could do anything they wanted. I mean, I won many awards for Bump Club. I sold my company and I, more than anything, did everything for them and to show them that they can do anything that they want. And I would probably say one of my proudest moments was when my oldest was about four, maybe, I walked into our playroom and she was playing Bump Club. Like she had like an easel (laughs) set up and like she was giving a presentation and then she had like her toy stroller and she was like, and this is the prize because we used to give away all these strollers like all the time. And I, and I was like, I am doing something right here. And, and it was, I was so proud. So I do, to answer your question, I think that you can have everything. And I think that women should know that it's, they can control their own destiny and, and be confident in doing so. So let's say that there's someone sitting out there right now that has this idea, or maybe they started, you know, creating a blog, or maybe they started creating a product or something. How do you know your idea is a good idea? You have to put it out there in the universe. And I think that is like the scariest thing, right? I mean, that is yeah, like, for sure. I, I remember when I sent the first email for Bump Club and also when I sent the first email for my new company. I mean, I have a marketing consultancy now and both times I was like, oh my God, like this is so yeah. scary to be sending this email to every single person that I know. I would start there and I always tell my clients to start there because one, the people you know are your biggest supporters. They're going to cheer you on. And two, they're also going to give you honest feedback. And if something mm-hmm. doesn't really sit right, you know, put it out there in the universe and see how people respond. With Bump Club, I put it out there. I said, if you'd like to come to this workout, sign up. And people started RSVPing. With my new company, you know, I said, I'm for hire. And within a few weeks, I had a few clients. And I think, you know, we all have that level of imposter syndrome where we feel like we can't achieve what we want to achieve or we're not qualified or... yeah. But you have to just put it out there. And I think it's really just taking the step, the first step to do that. Um, I talk to founders all day, every day on my podcast. And I would say the number one thing that other founders say is just do it. Just do it. Just do it. What do you have to lose? I always ask myself, what is the worst that happens? What is the worst that can happen? And can I live with that worst? And if I can, Mm -hmm. then it's okay. You know, I push it out there. I mean, no one's going to die. We're not carrying diseases here. You just have to (laughs) muster up the courage and do it. This relates a lot to my own life. I currently started a new project in my life where I'm working, honestly, like 60 hours a week on, on, did not know it was going to fall into my lap this hard and that it was going to be so much work. And it's just been a wild experience and very emotional roller coaster the past few months. But just hearing that, just like knowing that I need to like continue going and just putting like one foot in front of the other is just really encouraging. I think like leaning on others is important. But at the end of the day, like if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else will. I kind of feel, you know. You know what? The other thing is, too, that I I do always tell my clients and like in my workshops and anyone who asks me really do one thing a day to move your business forward. Like make that kind of be the baseline. One thing, if it's going out and buying office supplies, okay, 
that's maybe your one thing for the day. And maybe some days it will be more than one thing. But every step forward is a step in the right direction, right? And so, you know, and to your point, I, you know, you're sitting here telling me, oh my God, I'm working 60 hours on this new thing and I have three kids. And like, I, I know, like, I know what you are dealing with right now and I can, I can feel it, you know, I mean, because I was there, I did it. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I would say too that like, you work the hardest when you're first getting started. And and I would tell anyone out there to expect that, that, you know, success does not come overnight. And I think that it's really easy with social media to look at people's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and think that they're an overnight sensation because, you know, they have a gazillion followers or something went viral or whatever. No, that's not how it works. Like, I mean, a lot of these things take time. And anything that you see is the result of a lot of hard work. And I think it's just people need to know they're going to be working hard when they start a business. It's not just going to and be, you know, be at their fingertips. I mean, I probably worked more when I started Bump Club than I did when I was working at Good Housekeeping, but I loved it. And that's the thing, too. Like, when you love something, it doesn't feel like work. And I, and I believe that it shouldn't feel like work when you're working every day because I've lived it twice now. What's like one of the hardest things that you've ever had to overcome like when building your brand and how did you like find the gumption in yourself to just keep going? I would actually say, and I'm going to kind of flip this question on you a smidge, but I think that the hardest thing that I ever had to overcome and deal with was when I decided to leave Mm. really and truly. Mm. Um, Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, you know, I'd been doing this for 10 years at that point. I was the face of this brand. Um, It was the height of the pandemic and we had put everything online. So, you know, we went from going around the country and people showing up and meeting me at events, you know, in Nordstrom's and Target and at our own events to all of a sudden I was online like every night of the week doing webinars, doing Facebook lives, like leading things with brands, experts, whatever. And a lot more people knew me and saw me and relied on me and I, you know, I felt there were so many emotions that were running through me. I didn't want to let anyone down. But at the end of the day, I could not let myself down. And I was at the point where um, I was just done. Like I, I was, my kids were eight and 11 and I'm not a new mom anymore. So it seemed kind of funny for mm-hmm. me to be like, hey, you should push that up a baby stroller because it's great. Yeah, it is great, but I'm not using those things anymore. So it seemed a little yeah. inauthentic. Yeah, I get that. You know, and then at the same time, I was being approached for like to do projects from other brands and they were things that were making me really excited. And I hadn't felt that mm-hmm. excitement in such a long time. And so to turn those things down felt like a, a letdown, you know? I mean, like I was letting myself yeah. down. And I kind of went through a little period of mourning. It took me a few months, more than a few months. And when I was ready, I was ready. And um, Bum Club actually became my first client. They were my client. Um, we did a like an eight-week consulting exit. So it was a nice transition. And during that time, I was able to pick up other clients. But I had to get myself there. And that was the the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And then like on that last day, as much relief as I felt, it was a really hard thing to walk away. Yeah, because it was your baby. Yes, but you know what? Someone just said something really interesting to me that I thought was such a great quote. Um, I just interviewed this woman, Shelly Omilade-Bell, and she she has a company that does, um, it's called Black Girl Ventures, and they do all of these fundraising events for black and brown founders. And she she made a comment and she said to me, 
can't call your business a baby because you don't sell your baby. You might sell your teenager, but. (laughs) Or my tween, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's funny that you said that because a lot of people always say that and I had never looked at it from this lens until she said that. Yeah, um, that's but true. yes, I mean, this, this was my life for, you know, there, I didn't have a work and personal life. Like everything really overlapped when I was in, doing bunk club. And now I feel, now I feel like I have a little bit more balance and a little more separation from like my clients and my everyday job. So let's talk about your podcast for a minute. Is it mo- is it all female entrepreneurs on there? So, so far, it has only been female entrepreneurs. I did, okay. inter- I, I have interviewed my work husband who um, is gay and he has dedicated his life to serving moms and pregnant women. And we, we used to do a ton of stuff together um, when I was at Bump Club. And he has a fascinating story. It has not dropped yet, but he has been the only man that I have interviewed thus far. So yes, most, mostly women. <laughs> And does their advice sort of like overlap? Like they all have like three top things to say and they kind of are the same? You know, I would say that there are some, there are a lot of common themes that run throughout all of the founders Mm -hmm. that I interview. Um, But a lot of the founder, I have interviewed people from so many different backgrounds. It's crazy. Um, So many different products. Like, I mean, we have service-based agencies, influencers, um, I, I interviewed, um, it hasn't dropped yet, but I interviewed Catherine Reitman from Working Moms. Um, she's a producer, writer, and stars in her show. You know, I mean, I, there have been so many different people that I, that I have interviewed. Yeah. I would say there have been a lot of common themes. A lot of the common themes are, you know, to just, to just do it, um, to, to find a good network of support. I think yeah. that when you talk to female founders, there are always going to be kind of like 10 things, I think. But then when you ask them, what are your top three, they're going to pick and choose based on what it is that is yeah, most that applicable sense. to them. Yeah. My grandfather always said, dream your dreams and work like hell to make them come true. And that's always been like the backbone of like my family. Like we've always just said that, you know, like dream your dreams, but they don't, they don't come free, <laughs> you know? Well, but you have to work hard. And I yeah. think that, you know, right. I think, like I said before, I think so many people think that it just happens overnight because we live in this very gratuitous world right now that everything is like posted and shared and tagged and, you know, and and it's just, it's not. And like, you have to put the work in. And, you know, I think there are definitely ways to be efficient. I think that there are ways to do the work smart and to work hard and smart so that you are not working around the clock for sure. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, my podcast, I think, you know, when I think of all the conversations that I've had, I've had like 50 already, maybe more at this point. The one thing that they all have in common is that they are just, they're ball busters. I mean, like really and truly, like these are women who had an idea and basically said, I'm going to go for it and went for it and have succeeded. Yeah. And, you know, across so many categories, right? I mean, it's like, Night and day. I mean, I just I interviewed one of the biggest black entrepreneurs in, in Atlanta who has multiple restaurants and clubs and bars. But then I also just interviewed Jill Smokler, who's the founder of Scary Mommy, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with Scary Mommy, the website. So yeah. and she also sold her company and exited um, as well. So it was like a really interesting conversation that the two of us had. Totally different. But at the same time, these mm-hmm. two women went for it. And that is what I think when I think about successful female entrepreneurs. You kind of have to be, especially like if you think 
um, socially and uh, historically, just how long like women have been allowed to even be in the workforce and be respected and be a founder and a pioneer and a leader. Like you kind of have to be a ball buster, you know, you have to kind of take up your space and, and be like, I deserve to be here. And so I just think it's really inspiring uh, um, that there are so many women out there right now, like doing this, like um, being role models for the future women and um, just going for it, like you said. You know what I what I love is what you said in the beginning. You said, you know, in our Facebook group, we have all these moms who want to start businesses or have ideas. And I think that more than anything, the pandemic has really set the path that we can do this. You know, the, the pandemic mm-hmm. really opened a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities and showed people that they didn't have to work the nine to five that they could work the nine to five and even have a side hustle. Um, I think it showed people what they could do online. I mean, I turned a a company that was only events with like some content into a content first company. Um, And we always wanted to do that. You know what I mean? But we didn't because we were always running our events in person. So, you know, the, right. The, I, as much as like the last two years have sucked, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I, I'm, I, I'm like dying to like be back to normal. I do think there have been some silver linings. And I think that one of the things is that women know that they can do more, that they can do things after hours and that they can be successful really doing whatever they want. And I think that women really had to show up in a huge way through this. I, I mean, you guys know you have kids like we were all teachers at one point while we were working. I mean, it was crazy. But I think, you know, even if it is like a a side hustle or, you know, I've I've just I've seen so many amazing female founded businesses come forth that it's it's so awesome. It is it is awesome. And I hope that it continues as we move hopefully out of this. I think it will. I mean, I think that women supporting women is like it's so huge right now. You know, everybody has an idea and their friend's so excited about their idea and their friend, you know, it's just a huge, in the past couple of years, I feel like a huge support system, even just, you know, I mean, Jade and I are podcasters, but we're also influencers and even influencers want to help out influencers just because they like them and they like believe in the things that they're saying, you know, and so many people are just really being vulnerable out there and putting themselves out there. And I think that every woman that I know at least really appreciates that because that's something that we haven't done. Don't you guys think too that, and I always, I I like to say this as well, that like there's enough business to go around. Why not help each other, right? Like you just said it, like we're influencers, we help influencers. Like, you know, I have three friends who have tie-dye businesses. They all have gangbuster businesses they're one person businesses how much tie-dye can you even make you know you I mean there has to be you know there has to be there has to be like there's a market for every you know there's enough business to go around at the end of the day and I do think that supporting and banding together and part of why I started my podcast as well was really to change the conversation about founding businesses and for female founders. I think there's a lot that isn't talked about. Um, you know, we see a lot of the really big success stories. We see Whitney Hurd. We see Sarah Blakely. Those are amazing stories. And they had hardships too. We just don't hear about them as much. They, they do talk about them. We don't hear about them as much. But I do think there's something to be said about changing the conversation and really sharing what goes on when you 
found a business, when you grow a business, when you sell a business, there's no blueprint, there's no handbook. And I really wanted to open up the doors to that conversation because it's lonely. And if you, especially if you are a solopreneur, and even like when I had a team of 10 people at Bump Club, I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell them everything. If I did, they would have like run for the hills. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there were times when, you know, right. financially we weren't as stable or we were maybe doing better. Or when I was selling, I, that was like a big secret I had to keep until I was able to sell it. And so yeah. this podcast is really about sharing these stories and providing actionable tips and things that you can do, but also just to really make you feel supported. I know that there's so many, I mean, women and moms and men who are listening to this right now that are going to head right over there to your podcast because they need the tips that we don't have, but you have. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not just me. It's, the, you know, of course the founders, like I'm Dear found her every episode. Right. We have two a week. I, you know, I'm interviewing the most amazing. I, I can't even believe some of the people I've met through this, to be very honest, because... I mean, I learn from them every day myself, which is awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Like, so appreciate it. Again, I know there's so many people listening right now. They're like, oh, my gosh, th I'm so glad that you had her on because I've been searching for a reason to, like, kick myself in the butt and just do it. And they should just do it. Thank you so much for having me. Think about Technically, like in the workforce, you think about how many founders or CEOs there are that are women. I'm sure that the statistic out there is probably oh. like fairly low, you know, compared to like what it is for, yeah, for, for sure. men. So just hearing that there's women out there doing their thing and following their dreams and letting our listeners know that, you know, like if you have a passion or you feel like you have a purpose and you aren't following it yet, just, you know, just do it. Like she was saying, what do you have to right. lose, you know? Yeah. I think we get stuck so much. Yes. I think we talked about this recently and fear. Like we just get stuck. Like I'm not good enough. This idea is not good enough. Somebody else does it better. Someone else, you know, it's, pro it's probably being done. Whatever we tell ourselves that is a lie. And, um... I feel like if we can just start taking that fear and putting it to the side of us and being like, okay, I see you. I know that you're over here, but I'm not going to let you deter me from the thing that I love the most um, and the thing that I believe in the most. And and I believe in myself. I'm not going to let this silly thought that keep me back, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really cool that women are living in front of their fear. But like, it's like that feeling of standing at the edge of something and that first step especially feels so scary because of like our limited beliefs, our feelings of, you know, rejection or failure or uh, self-doubt, like all those limiting beliefs that we have. And you, like you said, trying to get, in, I love that, in front of the fear. I remember when I used to audition and I'd be so scared and I like that I didn't go to so many auditions because I was just too scared, which is so dumb. And I remember thinking like, okay, like I would visualize it and be like, before you walk in the door, like take your fear and say, I see you, but then like make it like a little monster and then put it behind you and then just walk in front of it. And you can still acknowledge that it's behind you, you acknowledge that it's there, but you're not letting it go in front of you, you know, because if something's behind you, it can't stop you. Yeah. Like it might kind of pull you back for a minute, but you're still in, you're still in the front. I think that's a great so. visualization. I think our 2022, like 
when we first started recording this year, I remember you saying that it was going to be like a good vibes year. And I really do feel that. We're going to bring you good, good vibes. vibes. Um, well, you guys, thank you so much for being with us. Please tell a friend about Mommy's Tell All. And we so appreciate you listening. Really, 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 we do. We wouldn't be here without you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.